You know, every time I speak, I want the truth to come out. You know what I'm saying? Every time I speak, I want to shiver. You know, I don't want them to be like, they know what I'm going to say because it's polite. They know what I'm going to say. And even if I get in trouble, you know what I'm saying? That Ain't that what we're supposed to do? It's, I'm not saying I'm going to rule the world or I'm going to change the world, but I guarantee that I will spark the, the, the brain that will change the world. I think what you're trying to ask is uh, why am I so insistent upon giving out to them that blackness, that black power, that black pushing them to identify with uh, 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 black culture. I think that's what you're asking. It's, it's, I have no choice over it. In the first place, to me, we are the most beautiful creatures in the whole world, black people. I mean, and I mean that in every, every sense, uh, outside and inside. And to me, we have a culture that uh, is surpassed by, 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 by no other civilization, but we don't know anything about it. So, again, I think I've said this before in the same interview, I think uh, at some time before, my, my job is to somehow make them curious enough or persuade them by hook or crook to get more aware of themselves and where they came from and what they are into and what is already there and just to bring it out. This is what compels me to compel them. And I will do it by whatever means necessary. I'm your host, Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Socrates, along with special guest co-host Oshun Ojo, and welcome to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show. We are the return of Intelligent Radio as we ensure the free flow of opinions and push the envelope on the questions America's afraid to ask in the mainstream media. Good morning, Oshun. How you doing, Queen? Thank you for being with me this morning. How are you doing? Peace. Good morning. Everything is beautiful. How's it going? Uh, glad to have you back on the Mitchell Dialogue Talk Show. We also have a special guest with us. Before we introduce our guest, though, if you will, Queen, um, give a little bit of your background. I think you have some, some, some things that relate to the t- today's discussion question. So if you will, um, tell people who you are. Glad to have you back. All right. Greetings, y'all. Um, I'm Oshun Cornelius Ojo. Um, I'm an aspiring author, mother, I'm a wife. I um, am a lifelong community activist. Um, and, um, I love to talk <laughs> and I love black people. Hey, love it. Love it. Oh, and, and again, very fitting for today's discussion question. But again, before we let the cat out the bag on the discussion today, let's go ahead and introduce a returning guest, uh, brother Chief X. Thank you, King, for getting up early out of, uh, California. The callers, I know you're driving to Vegas, so anybody you hear a little bit in the background, understand this brother is on his way, uh, you know, making a little run right now. So with that said, if you will, can you reintroduce yourself and give a little bit of your background as well? How you doing, my toy, and how you doing, Ashun? Doing well, doing well, doing well. Just know your background pretty ba- pretty loud, just so you know. Okay, excuse me. I got a headset on, too. Um, so, yeah, I'm just, my name is Xavier. I also go by Chief X. Um, just a brother from um, Los Angeles, and um, I work in the cannabis industry out here in Los Angeles, and I just came along to um, have this um, great discussion. That sounds good. My man, Chef L just showed up with the pseudo killer, so if you will, King, uh, introduce yourself as a guest to this morning's uh, dialogue as well. Thank you for getting on with us this morning. 
Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. What's up? what's going on, Montoya? What's going on, Chief X? Um, appreciate um having me on the show. Um, I'm a pseudo killer. Uh, we um we are a YouTube channel that um go. Uh, well, I'm a part of a YouTube channel that um go over attacking pseudoism. Um, so we 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 basically um you know have online discussions and try to vet out the pseudo. That's um that permeates in the black community. So we take on a a a, a of different topics, um, dealing with pseudoisms from political um, pseudoisms, religious pseudoisms, to scientific pseudoisms. So that's my spiel. But I'm ready for the conversation. How everybody doing? Uh, doing well. We also have my special guest co-host Oshun um, Ojo on with oh, us as well. On, uh, I just wanted to let you know that. All right, well, with that said, we're going to get started the way we always get started. Let the kid out the bag this morning's discussion question. Is the conscious community too splintered to be effective? I'll say it one more time. Is the conscious community too splintered to be effective? Oshun is the queen of intellect and queen of today's show. We're going to start with you. Uh, we always start the show very simply. we got a few minutes before we go to our first break. And the simple start, if you will, um, just very particular, if you will, uh, when I called you and said, hey, this is the title of the show, can you recall mainly your first thought? Not get in, Don't get into the secondary thought. I want to get everybody's first thought when they heard the title worded that way. So can you recall, um, you know, what did you think when I called you and said, hey, here's the title? Um, I thought it was a great title, and I just thought it was um, a central issue to what I've experienced in my past 25 years in um, activism. No, nah, very much so, and that's why I, you know, pegged you and said, hey, can you come on the show? Knowing that you have such a history with activism, I thought you would give a, a, a great purview of this conversation. Um, Chief X, if you will, um, same question to you, just your first initial thought when I called you and said, hey, Chief X, can I tag you for this show? Again, you've been on many shows, but what was your – I remember you kind of chuckled a little bit, so I don't know what that thought was, but if you can remember it, I would love to hear it. Your first initial thought when I asked you to come on this show. Um, like when you say when you um spoke on what the topic would be. Yeah, just the title itself. Your first initial thought when I said this is the title is the conscious community too splintered to be to be effective. What popped in your head when you heard that question? Just the initial thought. Um, first thing that popped in my head is people are like tired and weary, and they just worry and wonder. You know, will people ever unite and things go smoothly? That's just kind of what came to my mind. No, nah, fair enough. All right, Chef, same thing to you, brother, if you will. Just be your first initial thought. I actually ended up texting you. I didn't get to call you at first. And you would just say, hey, I'm down to be on this show. So when you saw the title, what was your first initial thought as well? Um, well, I... I... I never seen the. Um, I never knew that the conscious community. Well, my first thought was that I didn't know that the conscious community could ever be um, consolidated. I never thought of it in a light that it could be consolidated to um, in that manner. I, I don't even look at it like that. So mm-hmm. I was like, I'm definitely willing to have a conversation. But from uh, my vantage point, I don't see. I, I, when, when when you when I read the question, I'm like. It's not even that type of community that can be consolidated like that. So Nah, fair enough. Yeah, that's nah, fair enough. Yeah. That's what, that brings up an interesting thought before we go to this first initial break. Um, so 
Um, part of, I'll say this to you, Jeffrey, because that's a, I, th- I like that perspective and I respect where you're coming from. So I'll say part of me even wording it that way, and this is a question I've had really for a couple of years. And, you know, for those that don't know, I just have, I keep a series of questions and eventually we bring them out eventually over the, over the various times and different Saturdays. So I will say that a big part of when I even originated this question a couple of years ago, y'all may recall, there was a lot of back and forth between various uh, people within the conscious community. Some, some, some of the major players were kind of going back and forth a lot and it was just getting ugly publicly, if you will. Um, But part of what, made me think of this question and chef and I would like for you to get a quick response to this before we go to break was um, in my lifetime and getting familiar with the conscious community. And, you know, obviously that term can mean a lot of things, but when I just thought of it in general, uh, quite often, wherever, whatever, uh, in a sense, version or, or, or place that I was visiting, the constant theme amongst that group was the concept of the African-American community coming together. Now, I don't think none of them were naive to the, think, to the idea that all of us could come together or whatever, but a big push was that more of us needed to come together. So um, I definitely respect and I probably agree with your perspective that to a degree, um, in a sense, you can't all come together. But that was the thought behind it. Is a lot of groups push for this concept of unity in a broad-based way, again, not all, but a lot of groups are pushing for it. So that's kind of the space that it came from. So any thoughts of at least understanding, you know, and again, why the question may have been worded that way, even though I, I kind of, you know, I understand where you're coming from as well. So just give me a quick thought on that so we can go to break. Yeah, that that was the spirit of it. You, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That was the spirit yeah. that, the, that, the, uh, that the participants had, you, you know what I mean, the the unity, the, you know what I mean, um, mm-hmm. African people uniting, that was the spirit of it. That's still, you know, the underlying spirit of it, but uh, the practicality of it and how everybody go about it, no, they they, they just set out to argue with each other in a different <laughs> way. So, I, I don't see the unity, yep. All right, fair enough. We're going to go to a quick break. When we come back, we're going to get hot and heavy with this morning's discussion. I see the callers out there on the line. Uh, you are able to get in. You just have to press one to let us know that you want to speak. For anybody listening online, if you want to join the discussion this morning, the number to get in is 646-787-1691. Again, that's 646-787-1691. We'll be right back where all I ask is that you think. Have you heard about that podcast, Mental Dialogue? It's so good it should be illegal. But if you miss the live show every Saturday, 10 a.m. to 12 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on Blog Talk Radio, be sure to catch replays on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Podbean, and all other streaming platforms. We are the return of intelligent radio, and we are the best in the world at having hard conversations on race, sex, gender, and business in the African-American community. And remember, all I ask is that you think. All the success stories that we see in traders, there are countless others, thousands, even millions of others of unsuccessful people who were wiped out. Again, that money had to come from somewhere. These are the first questions that keep you in the game because, again, what trading is not, is not a game. Trading is a practice, it's art and science in a way that if you do it correctly, you can make money. 
This course is designed to help you as a trader, as a young, burgeoning trader, or if you've had some experience and maybe some difficulties in trading, to understand the elements that are involved in what makes trading as hard and competitive and hopefully see some of the success that you probably thought that you would have in the first place. This is different. They've crossed the line. You crossed the line first, so you squeezed them, you hammered them to the point of desperation. And in their desperation, they turned to a man they didn't fully understand. The criminals aren't complicated, Alfred. We just need to figure out what he's after. With respect, Master Wayne, perhaps this is a man you don't fully understand either. A long time ago, I was in Burma. My friends and I were working for the local government. They were trying to buy the loyalty of tribal leaders by bribing them with precious stones. But their caravans were being raided in a forest north of Rangoon by a bandit. So we went looking for the stones. But in six months, we never met anyone who traded with him. One day, I saw a child playing with a ruby the size of a tangerine. The bandit been throwing them away. So why steal them? Well, because he thought it was good sport. Because some men aren't looking for anything logical, like money. They can't be bought, bullied, reasoned, or negotiated with. Some men just want to watch the world burn. Welcome back to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show. Again, I'm your host, Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Socrates, along with special guest co-host, Oshun Ojo. This morning's discussion question, is the conscious community too splintered to be effective? Our special guest is Chef Ron L. from the Pseudo Killers, as well as Chief X, as I play a cut from one of my favorite movies. I know all of y'all are figuring, like, what in the world, and how does that apply to today's show? But it's a great way to introduce my brother, Chief X, again, who's been on the show plenty of times. Um, but Chief X, I know a few years back, I found you, you know, through the social media, if you will, and you kind of went on this rare page, if you will, to, to restructure the, the conscious community. And you're, you're in the middle of your rampage now. And I'm pretty sure there's a lot of people in the conscious community who look at you just like the Joker, which is who, who the Batman was talking about, and, and see you as somebody who just wants to see the world burn. Now, I don't see you that way, but I just thought it was an appropriate introduction because in a sense of the role you play, and again, just to highlight, when I was first introduced to you, you've always, to, and I'll say this, um, to be fair to you, you've always said, hey, um, if somebody's burning the community, you looked at yourself as someone that would uh, address it and sometimes even expose people. Again, that's your approach. Um, you are very, you know, I will say you're very good at what you do, if you will. Uh, but another thing I wanted to highlight, other than just the idea of, you know, I don't, again, I don't see you as someone who just wants to see the world burn, but I just thought it was appropriate because I think some people do see you, in a sense, as the joker of the conscious community. But another thing that I would highlight is can't be bought, can't be sold, and so whatever you believe, you do stand on. I'll give you credit for that. So if you will, King, um, just highlight, in a sense, your mindset in a sense of restructuring the conscious community in reference to today's discussion show. Is the conscious community too splendid to be effective? Your thoughts, King. Let me get you back live. I know you, I got you. I'm putting you on mute because I know you're driving. So I'm going to bring you live right now, King. Go ahead. <laughs> okay. Um, T-Fex again. So, you know, um, 
I'm of the mind frame, you know, since I've been in the community since 1992. So I've seen the ebbs and flows. I've seen the changes. I've seen the new ideologies come along. And then here come hit social media. You know, we have Facebook and YouTube, and people began to um, fellowship in the, what I call, cyber community. (laughs) It's not like a real community. So, you know, sometimes I say cyber community. So, you know, um, since I come from a mental health background, you know, since I was a youth counselor for 10 years, right? So most of it was in the field of mental health. And um, I always tell people this is why um, Dr. Amos Wilson is one of my favorites. You know, he was a psychologist, mm-hmm. right? Right. So he was not more so worried about history and stuff like that. He was more so worried about um, black folk in our minds and um, political power and, um, you know, you know, he's of the mind frame. Like I always say, if a people's mind ain't right, they can never come together anyway, right? So it's a lot of psychological problems. It's a lot of misinformation out here. And a lot of times we look up to certain heroes and sheroes who may not be that, right? Um, and we push aside a lot of credentialed people. We push aside uh, professionals, um for whatever reason, and it just seems like the community has an anti-science and anti-professional attitude. So, you know, I like to see that change, and I like to see us um, um, deal more with professional people and people with credentials in, in certain, in the different fields and disciplines, and, you know, just get a real knowledge of self. You know, I say a knowledge of self today is different than a knowledge of self back in the day. You know, sometimes we should just think, you know, learning about history, you're getting a knowledge of self. But, you know, knowledge of self is learning about your your ancestors, your your DNA, um, learning about science, your body, anatomy, uh, vaccines, you know, just knowing about yourself and who you are for real, you know. So that's some of my thoughts. <laughs> uh, fair enough. Oshun, long background in this space. So, again, if you could, you know, from what from your experience, even more so set the stage with, um, to a degree, even not necessarily given the history of the conscious community, but just from your perspective and, and the kind of set the stage of what is the conscious community from your perspective, being a longtime activist, and, and then related to maybe, again, just me introducing Chief X and his role, because, again, we're just going to dialogue through this. Uh, uh, you know these perspectives as 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 we as best we can, if you will. Um, you know whatever history you think we should use to set the stage before we even get into is it too splintered to be effective? Um, just whatever you want to bring to the table, please do, Queen. Oh wow, that's a loaded question. I don't really even know where to start because um, I think that what the definition of the conscious community is is um, ever evolving. It's like um, it's 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 always changing and moving, but I guess when I when I was raised, you know, consciousness was um, like, I guess you have partial, um, maybe a political movement and then a spiritual movement um, that brings together the conscious movement. Um, and the way I was raised is that like, you know, a Black Panthers, political movement, that sort of thing. And then like, you know, hippies who were um, not into things that were uh, mainstream, I guess, in that time um, were a part of the quote-unquote, conscious black hippies, conscious community. 
Um, and that kind of segues into the discussion today because um, our definition of the conscious community differs from person to person, firstly, and then second of all, um, who is involved in a conscious community differs from person to person, and then what the ultimate outcome is differs from person to person. So I, it's a loaded question. It's, it's kind of hard to um, to answer, but I'm interested in what everyone else thinks about it. Nah, fair enough. Chef Run, from under, you know, I think I recall you grew up um, in in the quote unquote movement or some version of this conscious community, uh, specifically even from a young age which I think you you know mentioned on the show before, you kind of took a different path than maybe most African-Americans, if you will. So, you know, whatever you want to relate to that definition or how you see it again, just wanting to set the stage as we move through this discussion. Go ahead, King. Yeah, uh, I definitely, um, I feel like moving forward, I feel more like what um, T-Fex is saying. I think we need more professional and credentialed people on the topics that we speak on in the community. Um, I think that's the, that, that will be the, the evolution that can make things um, better for this community. I feel like there's too many people in the community that's not uh, credentialed. So it's basically, it gives a black eye to um, academia. It seems like we have a, a, a literal fight with uh, credentialed academics. Yeah, let me um, let me ask you this. Let me ask you this, Jeffrey, because again, we we gonna, we got two hours to do the discussion. So I'm just again knowing you know that you in a because there's some there's some people I run into. I think I think it's always unique when somebody says I grew up in the country community or I grew up in the movement. And I'm just saying that's a different background than most African Americans. So if you could just speak to that history just a little bit, and we'll definitely get into the discussion. If, if oh, you don't mind, oh, again, okay. I know you grew up in it. So again, I think it just sets the stage for maybe somebody like myself who quote unquote came into it, you know, kind of on my own, if you will. But I wouldn't say I grew up, you know, from the the historical perspective, because I think Chief X said it and Oshun alluded to it. She, she had I, historically kind of what it was and that it's evolved. So that's fair. But I just want to kind of set that historical viewpoint because I think you grew up in it, from what I remember. Yeah, yeah, I definitely did, but it was around the same time that, uh, you know, I guess Chief Baxter was doing the thing because I'm a few okay. years younger. I mean, okay. younger than him, right? So mm-hmm. my parents were uh, uh, Muslims. And from my standpoint, Muslims uh, were like the, um, was the conscious community back in the 70s, right? Um, so I, I come out of that. You know what I mean? When I uh, when I grew up, like my name is actually an Egyptian name that my father had, you know, um, changed his name to. Um, so, you know, all through the late '80s and early '90s, you know, he was involved with the um, with the um, black uh, college colleges in Baltimore, bringing the different speakers to Baltimore. So I seen all of the. It was like a, a circuit. Of scholars from, you know, Dr. Ben and Barashango, Baltimore is a black city, so all of them came here, you know what I mean, uh, because of the black colleges and the black community here was always, uh, um, you know, a, a place for, you know, different black scholars to come to by by this being a predominantly black city with a lot of black colleges and um, student faculty bodies would always bring these uh different um, lecturers in, 
you know, and my father was um, a part of that, um, bringing the different scholars uh, to Baltimore and to these um, faculty, uh, black uh, student faculty that, you know, one of these people. So I've seen all of them. I've been around, you know, the majority of all of them. You know what I mean? And that's from an early age, from like 12 years old, you know, I was seeing these cats. So I definitely um, seen the evolution of it, you know, as a child. So that's nah, makes a lot makes a lot of sense. And so, um, Chef, you also alluded to, and I want to hear um, Chief X as well as Oshun's thoughts on this part. So um, even, you have to say the different scholars or whatever, but it, in my opinion, I came in to this to a degree with the introduction of, if you will, Malcolm X, if you will, like reading that autobiography. I feel like that was, in a sense, my first um, um, step into consciousness, if you will. And so it became relatively important to me personally. Um, but like, again, as I said, as I would go f- reach out and try to find different groups, there was always this, as, as, as Chef, as Chef said, a spirit of unity in those groups. And um, he mentioned the idea but to a degree, they would all argue uh, over various aspects based on whatever, in a sense, they were pushing. And so, um, Oshun, if you will, just your thoughts on Sheffron saying that because that, that, in a sense, that argument always exists, it, it never, they were never able to, in a sense, achieve the spirit of unity from his perspective. Your thoughts, again, as a longtime, you know, in a sense, member of this community, uh, community if you will. I'm sorry, you broke up in the beginning, Montoya, so I didn't hear you. What's the question again? Uh, just simply, um, do Shepard mentioned the idea that the spirit of all these groups is to create unity within the African-American community, but he felt like right. it never was effective because they were always arguing, and I was just wondering, in a sense, what's your perspective? In a sense, was that was those arguments, in a sense, the, the the reason they in a sense couldn't come together. I just want to see if had you is that your experience being in the movement, if that makes sense. Uh, yeah, definitely. But my experience in the movement is not that there was any ever any uh, desire for um, consolidation. My experience in the movement is that everybody has their own uh, political ideology that they believe is you know um, the the gold standard, or everyone has their spiritual ideology that that they, that they believe is the gold standard. And I, I've never been a part of um, any organization, even any pan-African organization whose goal was to unite people under one umbrella um, unless they uh, united with their own political line um, in, in, in whole, if that makes any sense. So um, I don't think that the intention, that there was ever any intention um, for there to be a consolidated movement. I think everyone, it's kind of like having different religions, right? Um, mm-hmm. And everyone thinks theirs is right. So they, it's kind of like if you don't agree with what I say, um, there was never a common goal. And an example of that is um, even when there is a common goal, people want it to be done their way. Um, I was thinking about the Gena 6 and when we had that mass movement and went out to um, protest mm-hmm. and to, you know, have movement around Gena 6. Um, right. When I was there, I was there with the Uhuru movement. And when we got there, there was, you know, thousands of people descended up on the city, but then you had all these different camps. You had the um, Muslims over here, Nation of Islam over here, you had the Uhuru movement over there, you had the uh, uh, FTP over there, and there were literally 10, 12, 20 different groups of people who never once came together and said, what is our action plan? What are we doing going forward? What do we want? Oh, what are wow. our goals here? Everyone was just saying their own thing, and then we gave them all our money, and then we left. 
and that tends to be what happens um, over and over again. Oh, wow. I got a caller that wants to jump in. I'll get your thoughts after the caller, Chief X. All right. Area code 678-LAST-3494. Give us your name, where you're calling from, and your three cents on this morning's discussion. Peace. This is Brother Kalanji. Hey, what's up, Brother Kalanji? Long time uh, movement member. I'll say that. Just keep it simple. But if you will, King, yeah, I definitely want to get your three cents on this morning's discussion question, which is, is the conscious community too splintered to be effective? Your thoughts, King? I think the first thing that we have to uh, realize is there's a difference between the conscious community and the movement. And I think that the conscious community basically just simply means that, you know, you have information on something, you read something, you have knowledge about something, um, but you don't have to put it into practice. It's not a practical thing. You know what I'm saying? You could just walk around, you know, saying give thanks with jugs of water and staffs and everything's all good. You know what I'm saying? And Mm -hmm. I think that we, we need to, and, and when you talk about a movement, it's about being organized, being a part of an organization, having some type of structure, having accountability, you know, having um, OGs, what we call original guerrillas or elders, that can rein you in when you get out of hand, get out of line. You have people who train you, people who um, politicize you. You know, it requires political education. It requires it's so much more than just what we see as far as folks just going out to a rally or a protest and, you know, tweeting and all that good stuff. It's accountability, it's responsibility, it's day-to-day action, right? So, and we want to talk about the difference between a mobilization and organization. I think I heard, um, I, I don't know who uh, who the, who whose sister was that was just uh, speaking. Ojo, you know, respect. my co-host for the first hour. Yep, go ahead, King. Right on. Respect to you, sister. Um, I, I, I'm the founder of the FTP movement, Um uh we started in oh four. Um uh we started off as a hip hop group in oh one but then became a uh, quote unquote organized front movement in two thousand four. Um I think that I know you mentioned Genesis six. You know what I'm saying? Of course that wasn't a an organization, it was a mobilization. Just just like uh the Million Man March. It's a situation where a whole bunch of people get together, you know, they spew their emotions and they spit their rhetoric and get their YouTube video clips and, you know, get their T-shirts, I was there, all that type of stuff, and then I'm gone. You know what I'm saying? Um, we have to build organization, and not only organization, we have to build sessions. And I came up, coming up in the movement, uh, I first got involved on an independent level in 1986. Um, at age 14. Can I do this for you, Kalanji? I know you have a lot of time. Yes, I'm, I'm up against the it's break. Are you able to hang on and finish your departure going into right after the break? Do you have time? I hope so, because I got I to. Yeah, and, and, and I'm sorry if I'm rapping too much, y'all. I ain't, I ain't no, no, to do you're that. not. I'm just you're, not. To... you're not. I don't have no problem. It's just, it's just we're just up against the break. So I just want to make sure you can, no doubt. You okay. can stay on for the break. I got to stay on. Cool. No okay. problem. Yes, sir. All right, cool. Yeah, if you can't okay, stay, you. it is what it is. But if you can stay, I'm going to keep you on. All right, no problem. We'll be right back. Right on. I'm good for I got you. I got you. I will be right back. You're listening to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show, where all I ask is that you think. LNG Technology Services, we are your industry leader in aircraft and heavy equipment repair services. In commercial business for over 15 years, LNG technicians have over 150 years of equipment-specific knowledge and are known industry-wide for returning worn-out, broken, and overused ground support equipment back to the user in working better than new conditions. For a service job done right at a value unparalleled in the industry, contact LNG Technology Services 
at 478-781-4860. Again, for a service job done right, that number is 478-781-4860. LNG Technologies is a Mental Dialogue Gold member and proud sponsor of the Mental Dialogue community. One of the things that can make the conscious community so dangerous is our unmatched ability to build someone up just to tear them down. The essence of consciousness is to question everything. This need evolved as a way to fight centuries of indoctrination. But there's a difference between being a critical thinker and then being overly emotional and hypercritical. Just because someone doesn't move like how we think they should, it doesn't mean their moves are wrong. Every piece is different, and that's the difference between chess and checkers. People can put in years of work and say two things you don't like, and they're thrown away immediately. Not understanding the stress and the skill that's required to deal with with hard-headed black people on a massive level. I'm not even popping like that yet, and it's hella exhausting to me. I brace myself for the day y'all decide to come for me. I know it's coming. It comes with the territory, but I'm strong enough mentally to withstand it. We ask where our leaders are, as if we don't assassinate anyone's character that we vaguely disagree with, as if we're humble enough to submit, destroy our ego, and allow ourselves to be led. Being a critical thinker is vital, but being hypercritical is detrimental to ourselves and our community. Welcome back to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show. I'm your host, Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Socrates, along with special guest co-host Oshun Ojo. This morning's discussion question, is the conscious community too splintered to be effective? Our special guest is Chief X, as well as Chef Burn from the Pseudo Killers. We have a caller, um, Kalanji Chugga, on the line, if you will. Kalanji, go ahead and finish your um, thoughts, if you will, King. Thanks for um, calling in this morning. Cool, cool, cool. Yeah, and, and, and I realized, man, I was all over the place. So let me just reel myself in real quick and answer the damn question. Basically, <laughs> uh, no, the movement is not too splinter, splintered. Um, there are folks like myself who are active on the daily who, where we have chapters with programs, actual programs of action, not just, um, not just, and, and, and some some programs may exist of uh, what we call survival programs. U.P. Newton of the Black Panther Party talked about how survival programs with situations, it was like a raft to get you to dry land. Survival program might be a feed-the-people type situation. We have a homeless population, boom, we get together, we organize up, we go out there, we feed the people, that's a survival program. You know what I'm saying? Then we have liberation housing. Liberation housing is a program where, um, you know, we buy houses, we fix them up. There's, there's uh, elders, whether from the, the uh, civil rights or movement, whatever the case is, uh, that experience different difficulties need to be taken care of. We provide housing for that. The different types of programs, right? I don't. I don't. I think that part of the reason why a lot of people think, quote unquote, uh, it's so splintered. Of course, there's encapsulation. There's always going to be, you know, churches, mosques, masjids. That's just the nature. It's just like family. You know, family can be splintered, quote unquote, but it's still family. As long as you come together, if you can't do nothing but put together a family reunion. You're doing something. You know what I'm saying? If you can't get together but have a Sunday meal, you're doing something. So um, I think we got to look at it from that particular angle that, uh, you know, we're splintered, but we have to be careful with what we're saying because of the fact that we will aid in our own destruction. You know what I'm saying? We have to look at, we got to find points of unity. What can we work on together? If we can't do that but come together against a, a, a police brutality situation, then we're doing more than most. So, and, and, and to answer the question, yeah, nah. And in respect to, to all the callers, I didn't get to hear anyone. And um, the sister that was just on, I, I appreciate her words, and I respect what she was saying indeed. No, nah, absolutely. I thank you for calling in this morning. I'm going to let our 
um, esteemed guests, if you will, you know, give their thoughts about what you had to say. And, again, thank you for taking the time to call. Um, Just so you know, I don't know how much time you have uh, when we let you go. You can come off the one. If you decide to come back in, just come back on the one. The one coming off the one, you know, takes you out the queue. So just let you know that. Um, Definitely want to hear um, our guests. Um, Chief X, I'll start with you. Um, Any thoughts about what that brother um, just brought to the table? Pretty smart and again, him being the founder of a specific movement, um, clar- you know, kind of clarifying, again, movement from conscious community, because even I keep kind of using that term loosely today. So I think that was a fair, um, you know, fair distinction. And in a sense, having a movement and being organized is very different. Um, but in a sense, staying on topic is for the conscious community and his thoughts. Um, what are your, what's your three cents about what Kalanji brought to the table, King? Uh, let me make sure I got Chief X live again. He's driving, so I'm trying to make sure we don't get his. All right, there you go, Chief X. You good? Go ahead, King. Okay, okay. You unmuted me. <laughs> yeah, you good? You live? Okay, so I was kind of incoherent or in and out when he was speaking, but I got kind of the gist of it, and I want to kind of bring together what all three of them kind of said. And Chefron, um, when Chefron spoke, he hit me with something, and I realized, you know what, that is real. He said when he came in the movement. Um, he kind of ha- halfway grew up Muslim, and that was the conscious community in his world, right, in his, in, in his life. And I had to think about that, I mean, you know, because I, like you said, I, I, I would, my flashpoint was that book, The Autobiography of Malcolm X, and I read that book while I was in an inpatient drug program, right, in 1992, and that book changed my life, and I began to my flashpoint with the Nation of Islam, you know what I mean? So at this time, community was, you was either a, a Nation of Islam, you was either more, you was Hebrew, or you was just like, you know, black power and a rebel. That was, the, at that time, conscious community. But at that time, they didn't have RBGs like they say today. Back in that time, we should say Garveyites. You know, I'm a Garveyite. That was a thing. Mm-hmm. RBG was just the color of the flag. I don't know how that got switched up, but <laughs> so mm-hmm. in my opinion, the conscious community is the online community. It's mm. the cyber community. You know what I mean? It's not the real community. It's like, you know, if you if you think of the analogy like when we think about how we used to play outside when we was a kid, it wasn't the internet and it wasn't all that and we used to go outside and find things to do and network and really be yeah. social with each other. You know what I mean? Correct. So it's yep. the same thing like with the conscious community. We're not going outside to play and being social. It's an online. It's a play thing. You know what I mean? Conscious community is an online community. So back in the day, we was networking and hanging out, and we'd go to the same meetings and friends. You see these per- people every week. If you go to this certain function or you go here and there, you know what I mean? So it was mm-hmm. a real-life community before the Internet. You know what I mean? So, Mm -hmm. I mean, I don't know how a fake or a cyber community can come together. So it's going to always be a splinter and arguing and stuff going on because it's not sincere. It's not like you're meeting somebody face-to-face and really breaking bread with them and looking looking into their eyes. You know what I mean? (laughs) So it's a difference today. yeah, I want to be. I want to hear what Oshon's thoughts. Just hearing that, because you, you know, I think your distinction is 
you're, you're kind of reducing now today's conscious community to, to an online community. I'm not saying you're right or wrong, but it is an interesting perspective. Oshun, when you hear Chief X kind of throw that out there, what crosses your mind, Queen? I, want, I really would like to jump into some of Erica Lachey's thoughts that we played at the cut, uh, but I just want to, you know, continue to what we're talking about right now and jump back to her, her thoughts as well. Go ahead, Queen. Yeah, I, I guess I, I agree to a certain point. I never really thought about that, about the impact that the Internet had on the conscious community, but it's true. Um, I remember um, going to, like, Bobby Hemet, um, uh mm-hmm. lectures and Phil Valentine lectures and things like that, and people from all over, people from all walks of life and all different types of thoughts, uh, schools of thought came to those places, and we all met up and, you know, sergeant. you might see somebody from the Shrine of the Black Madonna and then also somebody from uh, the Morris Science Temple. All those people were the same people under the same roof. So I think there is some, some validity to that when people are hiding behind keyboards and um, people aren't coming together to, to break bread together. No, it makes, yeah, yeah, because, yeah, you can, you buy, yeah, if you're breaking bread and faith coming face-to-face, you could damn near accidentally do something and if you do something with somebody you met, regardless of their ideology, that becomes the community, the, you know, thinking of the term as we historically have used it, it becomes the community actually right. doing something. And that, in effect, becomes your community because you can meet somebody who maybe taught you something that you're doing or you do business together and all that kind of stuff. So it makes a lot of sense. I want to, if we can, mm-hmm. um, shift the focus. I'm going to start back with you, Oshu, and I hope you can kind of recall a little what Erica Lachey was saying, and that was just from the aspect of, uh, even whether we call it the online community, because again, introduce in a um, in a in a um, interesting concept, Chief X, and I think yeah, I think it makes some be some validity to it. But she talked about the even the concept of the community be, being very hypercritical. I think that is something that is always, in my opinion, again, obviously painting a broad brush on what the conscious community was. But to a degree, even when we were touching each other in meeting, there has, in my opinion, been an aspect of being hypercritical. I think it's obviously worse with the advent of social media, but there has been an aspect of that, that while saying come together, the hypercritical, the hypercritical aspect has either driven people away or actually killed some 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 some. Some movements, I'll, I'll throw that word out there loosely again. Your thoughts on that, Queen? we got another caller that wants to come in as well. Go ahead, Queen. Yeah, I remember parts of the clip, and um, I agree with parts of it as well. Part, uh, other parts of it I, I take issue with. Um, okay. I want to say in the spirit of balance that um, although we tend to be hypercritical people, what we, what we think of as hypercritical, we can be hypercritical. Um, we are also um, uh, less critical than we should be of many other people. So uh, in the same vein, you have mm-hmm. people who are being um, canceled and you have other people, um, you know, in the spirit of personality worship who should have been canceled and, and are not. And people get away with things in this community that are egregious, um, uh, you know, treason and, and worse. Mm-hmm. So um, I think that there is, there's both ends of that spectrum. The other thing that I want to say quickly is that we talk about the evolution of the movement, and one of the things the sister said is that we have to be humble and submit to leaders and things like that. And I think um, one of the things that we need to really um, confront in the movement is that the, um, the hierarchy of leadership that we've seen in the past is moot. And so when you have people trying to come up, usually it's completely ego-driven, and they're saying, I'm a leader, I'm going to lead the people, when really uh, strong people don't need leaders. Strong people don't need leaders. What we need um, are people who can come together and be co-leaders and co-followers um, in a movement. So that's, that's another issue as well, is that when people come up in that spotlight as a leader, part of that is because the the, the um, what we see as leadership, what we've seen in the past as leadership is no longer a viable solution. 
So I love that thought. Um, Chief X, we've got about a minute before we go to break. Um, again, I think you've played a, a critical role in, in revamping what that looks like in the part of the Middle Dollar Community Club because to, to a degree, again, we are focused on our people, so there's a level of consciousness within the club. But I always highlight the old model for leadership does not apply to should not apply anymore, and at the end of the day, if I could teach you to think for yourself, you will find your own answer. So I subscribe to some of what Oshun said. It's from the from the concept of having co-leaders. Uh, but again, you broke down some of those personalities. Not to call them out by name, I don't want to do that. Uh, but I just wanted to give you, you can give me a one-minute thought, and we'll go to break. We'll get back. You can finish your thought out of the break, and then we'll go to the caller. But just give me a quick thought on some of what she said. Oh, I'm sorry. I keep putting you on mute. Go ahead, brother. You live. Okay, yeah. So um, I was kind of driving still. But so leadership, so I think, you know, like we are all individuals, and everybody has their own personality. So, you know, sometimes time changes, so information changes, right? So when information changes, it may require new leadership, you know, um, and then, you know, you get into what some would consider, or what I always say, it, things can become like a cult life and group thinking. Everybody has to think the same or else this person's elder is supposed to be your elder too. Maybe he, this person I don't think is my elder, you know what I mean? <laughs> People just see things differently, right, you know? I may see my grandpa and my daddy as my elder, but, you know, the online community may see a certain personality figure as an elder. I don't want to go past this minute. Um, you got to go to the break. No, yeah, 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 absolutely. So, yeah, we'll finish it out of the break, and we'll get to the caller as well, and uh, we'll get Chef's thoughts on this as well. All right, we'll be right back. You're listening to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show, where all I ask is that you think. Have you heard about that podcast, Mental Dialogue? It's so good, it should be illegal. But if you miss the live show every Saturday, 10 a.m. to 12 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on Blog Talk Radio, be sure to catch replays on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Podbean, and all other streaming platforms. We are the return of intelligent radio, and we are the best in the world at having hard conversations on race, sex, gender, and business in the African-American community. And remember, all I ask is that you think. If you're looking to purchase or sell a home in Atlanta's competitive real estate market, there's only one real estate agent we call on, Ephraim Abdullah. Not only is he honest and straightforward, but he has a proven, repeatable strategy that consistently gets his clients the homes they wanted versus their second or third choice. What's Elfram's secret? His virtual on-the-spot offer moves his clients to the front of the line for purchases. And for sales, his no-nonsense approach gets your home sold and off the market. For a results-oriented real estate experience, contact Elfram Abdullah, a licensed agent powered by EXP Realty at 770-800-7922. Again, that number is 770-800-7922. This is how you know you haven't evolved. Let me see this one. <clears throat> when have you ever seen Chief X debating or arguing with a Christian or a Hebrew Israelite? When have you seen me debating about my mama religion? Not my religion, 
my mama religion. Let me tell you something. I did that shit beginning in 1992 for years. Fucking with the with the with the NOI Nation of Islam, just in places and spaces. You know, be like like. Why would I be doing that 30 fucking years later? And damn near 2022. If you're doing that, let me tell you something. You might not like what I'm saying. But you're stagnant. Welcome back to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show. I'm your host, Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Socrates, along with special guest co-host Oshun Ojo. This morning's discussion question, is the conscious community too splintered to be effective as we hear a cut from Chief X, who is now a YouTuber, uh, doing his thing on YouTube. He's also our special guest as we hear a cut of him saying, hey, if you're stuck in this space, you're being stagnant. So I'll let Chief X also finish his thoughts, and then we'll get to the caller um, after Chief X. Go ahead, King. And man, I'm sitting here like, that sounds like me. I didn't know what the hell was going on. I, I thought I had my YouTube was playing. I'm trying to, I'm going through my phone. Let me, let me turn my YouTube off. Hey, I, I'm just came out the blue with a clip. Yeah, I'm full of surprises. Huh? You know how I do on the show. Come on, brother. <laughs> uh, okay, so I like forgot my train of thought now. Um, um. So, right, let me go to the collar. Maybe you can get it back together. Let me go ahead and get to the collar. To the collar if, if, unless you, yeah, unless you but maybe I, should, maybe I should. Oh, no, I want to wrap it up, and, and, and I might yeah, take yeah, it to a different do. level. But yeah, you know what? Do. Get the collar, and then, you know. All right, sounds good. Let's go to the collar. Right, or do you want good. me to go ahead? It's on you. We we we, we cool, however you want to do it. Uh, get the collar. All right, sounds good. All right, we're going to go to the collar. If you're out there listening, if you're online, we got a lot of callers out there. You do have to press one if you want to get on the actual call this morning. If you're online, the number to get in is 646-787-1691. All right, here we go. Last three, 303, give us your name, where you're calling from, and your three cents on this morning's discussion. Peace, family. It's uh, Sincere uh, coming to you out of Atlanta. What's cracking? Hey, love it, King. Thanks for getting in with us. What you got for us this morning? Hey man, I just wanted to uh, to to uh, drop a couple of sentiments and uh, end with a question. Um, whenever we talk about uh, community, uh, we want to always get down to the root of what community is. If you break down the word, uh, it means together one, or together we're operating as one. All right. So so if it's splintered, then it answers the question that we're not operating as one. So okay. from the point of consciousness, the question is, what are we conscious of or what are we aware of? Are we moving in the same space at the same time for the same reason? Um, so so we want to start there with the question and um, move into relationships. Like it's going to be hard to lead or to follow if we don't have proper understanding of a relationship. And um, have we dealt with trauma to be able to properly handle uh, relationships? Like, do we know and are we being honest with where we are, our state of mind, um, condition, are we being honest with that to be able to move as a unit? And uh, that's the question uh, that I want uh, to leave on the minds and uh, 
Uh, I'll fall back and listen from there. Peace and love, now, fam. I love now, I love it. That's a strong thought. I love what you initially said, the idea of what are we conscious of when you think about about breaking down the word. And so you're really just kind of question, questioning, if, I, if I'm hearing you correctly to a degree, just what's our aim if we even consider this necessary? What is our aim? And, and it sounds like to a degree without considering the aim, some of the divisiveness can come just from the fact that you're not even conscious of the aim of community. So I love the thought. I hope I encapsulated that correctly, but um, thank you for making us think about it, if you will, um, Cecile, which is no surprise with you, brother. You always, you know, go deep with it. So appreciate you, King. Get peace of love, no doubt, man. I appreciate y'all. Nah, definitely a, 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 a good thought. Um, I will keep it in line, though, and let um, Chief X kind of finish his thoughts and um, get Shepherd in this thing as well. Let me get Chief X back live. All right, Chief X, go ahead and uh, wrap up your thoughts so we can get to Shepard as well. Yeah, so that was a perfect segue, and I actually loved what he said, and he opened up saying some of us are in different places in different spaces, you know, he said. He said, um, um, what are we conscious of, you know, what are we, like, you know, what are we aware of, you know what I mean? So if we operate in different places in different spaces, and sometimes we might have different political views, you know, um, and I just wanted to kind of bring it all back right here, and then uh, we can go to Chef Rob. Just to be real about it all, and he said, what is community? And just, if we just want to be real, we're all in black America, and we're black Americans. Unity should be with black Americans. For black Americans to rise and progress, you know, it's a saying, if you can't beat them, join them. Meaning, if we want to be empowered and have some type of power and authority, we have to get into positions of power and authority. That means we got to become cops, we got to become prosecutors. And stop looking down on positions like that. So someone once said, the definition, well, not someone, let me, I'm saying this. <laughs> the definition <laughs> of white supremacy is white supremacy feel that they should dominate all other races because they are more capable and they should run the show. Right? So... If black folk are saying, F the police, F the prosecutors, if you're a police, you're a cool, and then nobody become police, nobody get into positions of power. You get what I'm saying? So mm -hmm. we are basically saying we only want white police so we can be dominated by white police. We don't want no black police. We're going to teach all our kids and give them the sentiments of screw the police and don't become law enforcement. Don't become a prosecutor. And prosecutors hold the most power. They do. So it's articles on why we need more black prosecutors so we can run the courtroom. We can decide if we want to charge somebody or not charge somebody. People, black folks today don't even understand the power of a prosecutor 
and that we need more black prosecutors. So this is black America, and if we really want unity and progress, we got to jump into what black America is because it's not going to change. America's going to be what America's going to be. You get what I'm saying? No, strong thoughts. I want to hear Chef Ron's um, thoughts today. Um, um, you know, you you know, you and I've talked, and I I can agree and line to line up with a lot of it because again, the diversity that that um that I think Chef Ron spoke to in the beginning is why we should have people going all those directions so we can be just as diverse as in a sense as everyone else. And you must control your own politics. So it does require some of what you're talking about, in my opinion. Go ahead, Chef, and your thoughts, Tim. Uh, yeah, um, I definitely, you know, agree with what he just said. I agree with all everybody who just who who's been speaking. Actually, um, the first brother who was a part of um, an organization, I, I definitely agree with him. But um, the conscious community is not. Um, a movement, you know what I mean? It's not that type. It's not an organization. It's, it's a bunch of YouTubers that um, read books and um, get online and talk about, you know. So that's just what the conscious community is. It's nothing more than that at this point. Um, especially after COVID, since people don't meet up as much no more. I think Sinetta, you know, was the hub. But um, the the majority of it was the events that he put on. I think he brought more people together and on in the online community. I think physically he brought the most people together. Um, but you know who who, uh, who actually do the um, specific type of studying that you know would be deemed as uh, conscious or you know, that the conscious community would deal with. Um, so I would say you know that. Go ahead. No, I didn't say anything, but because but because I got a break and I only got Oshun for a couple of more minutes, I'm going to let okay, her give a final thought and let people know how they can stay in contact with some of the stuff she's doing. I'm also an aspiring author, so I know that process. So whatever you want to share with um, Oshun, thank you for holding me down for the first hour. You know, whatever you want to go at, just give us your thoughts and let them know how they can get in contact with you. Yeah, it was a pleasure being here always. Um, I wanted to just say just very quickly about um, something that uh, Chief X said, which was that, um, you know, we need to be into basically infiltrate um, the systems in America. And I just want to point out that um, historically we know that infiltrating systems that um, whose purpose is oppression does not have better outcomes for black people. Uh, we have to have new systems. Um, the whole concept of prosecutors and the system and the way that things work in this country is um, is meant to, to, you know, for a certain purpose. And um, you don't have better outcomes when you have more black police officers. You don't have better outcomes when you have um, more black um, prosecutors within a system that is that is designed to oppress black people. It just doesn't fare well for us. Um, so I'm a separatist. That's just, you know, my thing. Um, but we do have to think about what we can do in this country as black people, as this community, um, to go forward, uh, whether that is within this within this system or outside of it and having our own. That being said, um, I really enjoyed this conversation. I always enjoy all all your callers and all of your co-hosts that you have. Montoya, you have the best segments on radio. Um, 
Appreciate I, it. You can you can get me you can hit me on social media. Um, I'm on uh, Facebook Oshun Ayabeji Shango on Facebook. I am House of Oyin on um, Instagram. I'm really not very active on social media these days. Trying to get some things together um, for myself. I do I will um, have my upcoming. I do a um, kids coding camp in the summertime. Nice. It's a free coding camp for for kids, and I will have that this upcoming 2022 summer. So I'll get you more information about that. But if you want to get information about what I'm doing, you can hit me up on social media, Oshun, um, Ia Beji, Shango on Facebook, or House of Oyin on Instagram. Thank you for having me. No, thank you for being on, Queenie. We definitely will have you on prior to your coding so we can let people get in those classes because I've heard good things, um, you know, coming out of um, Uhuru Academy about what you're doing. So appreciate you, Queen, uh, for being with us. We are at the top of the hour, so we will go to a break. And for the other callers out there, you do have to press 1 to get in with us. We'll be right back. But all I ask is that you think. Hey, where did you get that hat and t-shirt? I like that. Oh, I got this at moneymotivation.com. It's fresh, right? Yes, and I love the message on it, too. You are the hustle, huh? That's what the shirt says. I am the hustle. They embody the entrepreneurial spirit, and what I like the most, it's more than a brand. It's a lifestyle for those who want to put in the work and expect to have the final things in life. I also follow them on Instagram. Check this post out. If you believe money is the root of all evil, you're using it wrong? Or how about this one? Excuses made zero dollars an hour. I like those. What's their IG? At moneymotivation.co. But do they have any ladies gear? Yes, you're going to love the clothing line they got for the ladies. Matter of fact, pull up their website, moneymotivation.com, and I'm going to get you a few things so we can both look like money. Everywhere I go, go. And everywhere I be, be. I don't even talk. There seems to be this new narrative, this new, like, agenda to critique Christianity, but it's coming from the urban community, the hip-hop community. Yeah. Dare I say, even... Dudes from the African American community and, and women as well, thought leaders. Mm-hmm. There's this agenda, at least it seems to be, to discredit Christianity on a basis of some historical misuses mm-hmm. and abuses. Mm-hmm. Have you noticed that? Noticed it, bro. Yeah. I mean, it's it's actually been, uh, it's it's interesting to kind of live at this time because mm-hmm. for African Americans, yeah. Um, this is new for us, you know, like, you know, historically, Mm -hmm. you know, we've been tight with God, you know, even through the worst of atrocities, you know, our people have been very much, you know, connected to God, had that high level of God consciousness, right? Drawing on that, drawing on that for survival, for strength, etc. Yeah. BT awards yeah. was always different than the MTV awards and that the artists will always get up and say, I want to thank my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, even if there was some inconsistency there. Right. It was just that level of reverence mm-hmm. for God and the Christian faith. Mm-hmm. Whereas now yeah. it's like we're seeing a complete uh, migration away from from that. And not only are people migrating away from it, they're disparaging the thing that they once held as held dear 
true, right? Yeah. And like, yeah, and dare. So, yeah. That's- Welcome back to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show. I'm your host Montoya Smith, aka Black Socrates. This morning's discussion question is: the conscious community too splinted to be effective? As we hear a cut, um, in a sense, pitting. Um, I would say. To a degree, uh, some of, they didn't necessarily say the conscious community, uh, but throughout my lifetime, I've seen this back and forth dialogue, in a sense, if you will, from the conscious community in reference to, in a sense, African Americans being Christians, if you will, or as as you heard on that cut, strongly believing in God, and 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 and, and this idea, in a sense, because of, in a sense, how the Bible was historically used to enslave us. There's this concept that. You know, following that is an issue. Uh, but I remember Chief X, I'm um, get you on in on this. I remember when I brought you on years ago, we had a real random, a real quick random conversation, and you you talked about the idea of, um, to a degree, these the step into the consciousness. You know, you and I both highlighted, you know, the autobiography of Malcolm X, which a lot of times is a, is, is the first step for a lot of people. But in taking that step. To a degree, um, we, we we quite often may have been raised in Christians' home. A lot, you know, a, a lot of the African American community, not everybody, but a lot of us have raised that way. And as we step into consciousness, to a degree, we don't even realize that we basically reject one ideology for another ideology. However, we're calling it truth and think it's factual, but. To a degree, a lot of things that we receive are really just another ideology being repeated over and over again. And so there's this big fight without both sides, to a degree, realizing you're really doing the same thing, even though you're unaware of it. Your thoughts on that, if you will, um, King? You're live. Hey, uh, you said it really do, even though what? I was just I was just talking about the idea of how when we think about the conscious community, there's always, in a sense, this big argument, like you just heard in that, the, you know, in, in that cut. I don't know if you're able to hear the cut, where there's there's this idea mm-hmm. of attacking, in a sense, a, a foundational stronghold in the African American community has been our relationship with God, our relationship with, you know, with Christianity, if you will. And I was just talking about, you know, a lot of times when you move into consciousness, your mindset is, oh. That was BS. This is the truth, and there's a tendency to disparage Christianity quite often from the country community. And I was saying you were one of the first people on my show that highlighted you're really just moving from one ideology to another unknown. You think you're moving to the truth, but you're really just adopting another ideology. I just wanted to hear your thoughts uh, in reference to that constant back and forth between the country community and Christians, if you will. Right, right, right. So, you know, because one day I sat back, right, and I was just thinking about my family who are Christian um, and respecting my mama's religion and um, just watching people in church fellowship and network every week. And I got to thinking about institutions, and I realized the school I went to when I was in elementary I went to a school called Gardena Valley Elementary School. I mean, excuse me. Yeah, Gardena Valley Christian Elementary School. It was a Christian school. So the church had a school, and that was a school I went to when I was in elementary <laughs> to the fourth grade. Then I went to a public school. 
So I thought about all the benefits of religion and not not religion per se. Some of the benefits of church and I thought about how my brother and father and family members are progressing and doing better than a lot of the majority people in the conscious community. So I realized I was given in talking bad and talking down on Christians when I first became conscious um, erroneously, you know. And, um, you know, I don't bash religion no more. Um, I think some people really should get back into church, you know. Um, you know, you, you take, what they, what's that saying they say? Um Eat the meat and spit out the bones or something. Right. Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. So, like, maybe a couple times a year I'll show up in the church. And when I leave and go home, I feel good that day. Um, the times I go, I listen to um, Bishop um, Noel Jones, City of Refuge. He's a pastor who kind of is more of a teacher than a preacher. So he gives life lessons in motivational speeches, and I enjoy that, and I get some out of it, and I go home. You know, um, I'm just kind of ad libbing as I'm driving, so I won't crash. No, you're no, no. What you're saying fits, though. You're, you're right on point as far as just explaining your perspective. Because again, you came to the show some years ago now and highlighted that people type typically are unaware that you're accepting one idea before for another, and then you're talking down on the other one, unaware. So you're just just kind of putting together. You're making a lot of sense. Um, I want to highlight And, and let me again. give you an example. Go, yeah, go, go ahead, brother. And I want to give you an example based off what Oshun said when she left, right? So <clears throat> previously, I was a church kid growing up. Like, for instance, if one of these conscious people who left the church and is angry and they're what they consider a racist now and she said she's a separatist and usually a separatist is a supremist, either a white supremist or a black supremist. That kinda over time gets kinda old because you become an outcast with your family. You're mad and angry at the world and everybody. The sentiments of racism isn't a good thing to sow anyway. I've realized as I matured and evolved. Previously, I used to be down with the Nation of Islam, so I had the separatist ideology. But I realized you can't be a separatist because you're being a black American. You're not going nowhere, and nobody is going nowhere. You can't say I'm a separatist and be angry and walk around life like that and screw the police. I only want white police. I only want white prosecutors. I'm going to kick these sentiments. And, like, nobody's moving. They know they're not moving nowhere. They're not even visiting another country. So you have to have policing anywhere you go. So the only thing we can do is move to another country, and then we're going to have to abide by that other country's rules. So over time, you have to just realize and get smarter and evolve in your thinking. That's why I said, hey, you got to just kind of sit in now. You're not going to change America. You're not going to change no system. And if you are wanting to change something, the only way you can change it is politically. 
you got to get into political game. So you got to join into what America is already, regardless if you're angry or not. It is what it is. You'll just die angry and no progress and no change as a people. Strong thoughts. I mean, am I talking? About? No, well, yeah, I want to let Jeffrey jump in here. I'll just simply say specifically to the dialogue between the ideologies of whether it's Christianity or community, I used to always say to one of our good friends, Jeff, when um, you can't take people to die, the people identify with something so heavily that you want to come together, leave that part out of it, and actually move on the part that you agree with versus saying you must believe as I believe. Uh, we got a couple of minutes uh, before break, but if you will, King, um, just give us your thoughts on what you've been hearing so far. Um, yeah, um I agree. I'm mad that the, your co-host left after she um, made that statement because that, that definitely um, is a good conversation piece. But to the point about um, where our people are at, I definitely, you know, leave people religions alone. Um, my family is um, heavily uh, religious. You know, my family is, uh, you know, still Muslim. I still deal with them. I go to the masjid. If they ask me to come, uh, you know, I deal with my uncle, you know what I mean? Everybody that's involved, in that, if, you know, I go to Juma, if they ask me to come, I go, I pray with them, and I do everything. If my grandmother say come to church for family and friends, I go, and I sit there, I pray. I do, you know, I don't ostracize my family because of their religious beliefs, and I don't look down on them. So I, I take that same attitude into the conscious community. Just because somebody is, um, you know, uh, practice a certain religion, I don't think that I'm any smarter than them. You know, um, I grew up around smart religious people, you know what I mean, well-to-do mm-hmm. religious people, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? So it's, it's not a knock on anybody's intelligence or understanding because they choose to be in um, a religion, you know what I mean, whatever makes them feel good, you know, so. Um, I think the cultural community definitely have a problem with that. There's, there's some uppity retardation going on um, with their sentiments towards uh, religious people. That's and my, here's uh, the other part. No, I love that. love that three cents. I'm about to go to break. And here's what here's the, one of the things, one of the worst aspects of it. And I've been guilty of the stuff. Like I say, when I first came into the cultural community degree, I, did, I, I mean, personally, I was really never into disparaging person individually, but I would, in a sense, speak down on, you know, religion for in my early years, which is in my early 20s. I'm almost 50 now, so this is a long time ago, um, but I learned along That's the way. That's you're talking about, the stagnation. Like, mm-hmm. you, see, you see how you move forward in your thinking? You see anybody who's still on that same kick, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. stagnant. Gotta be. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. <laughs> Go ahead. No, Go absolutely. Let me, no, absolutely. Not. Great point. Um, and, and, and what I just wanted to highlight is a lot of times when you first come into it, we start, you know, to a degree, you'll start saying stuff like how the church and the mentality of, you know, you know, Jesus is white. And anything. again, it's not that those things shouldn't be challenged. So let's make that very clear to a degree. However, but getting to a point where you're looking down or disparaging and you and not really understanding and respecting the role that the church has played in getting us to even have the freedom to be on the internet doing what we're doing now, because it was the community and consciousness of the church that played a huge role in us, 
you know, not having to step off sidewalks just because a white lady's walking by. I mean, again, I'm being, a, you know, a little facetious here. That's a real thing that used to happen in the South, unfortunately, quite often. And, you know, for like even Dr. King will be looked down upon for, for you know, the way we look at history now. But the reason we don't step off the sidewalk is because he put the battery in our back and him coming together with the church leaders put the battery in, in our back to say, hey, we ain't afraid even if you kill us. That takes a lot of boldness, and you have to respect the history of what the church has done, even if you personally moved away from it. And so wanted to highlight that. Go to this break. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show, where all I ask is that you think. For all the success stories that we see in traders, there are countless others, thousands, even millions of others, of unsuccessful people who were wiped out. Again, that money had to come from somewhere. These are the first questions that keep you in the game because, again, what trading is not, is not a game. Trading is a practice, it's art and science in a way that if you do it correctly, you can make money. This course is designed to help you as a trader, as a young, burgeoning trader, or if you've had some experience and maybe some difficulties in trading, to understand the elements that are involved in what makes trading as hard and competitive and hopefully see some of the success that you probably thought that you would have in the first place. In the very beginning, we don't allow for enough diversity of thought exactly. because all groups are diverse. No group is monolithic. Exactly. So we have a concept because... Unfortunately, being on the bad experience and the oppressed end mm -hmm. of how America created itself, when, mm -hmm. in a sense, race is the backbone, unfortunately, that created this country with, you know, there was the genocide of the Native Americans and then the enslavement of us, that is still the backbone, and it systematically has played out to the point where most of us, one, don't know that it's a construct, and, right. two, and two, if the world is going global and moving off of it, we're mm -hmm. staying stuck over here and still, remember, you know, we talked about this on some of the shows, silly stuff such as, you know, you being smart was looked up down upon because of our own hurt and own trauma. That exactly. We so we're stuck in this construct of whether you're black enough or not. And this is a, this is some made up shit. That, exactly. It's the same kind like, like, bro, you hit it on the head so much because what it does is it simpletons you. It, sim it simplifies you. So now what you're doing is every debate, every issue, every question, every offense, you everything is under, the guise, is under the guise of race. And so it's easy to debate. It's easy to, it's, it's easy. So what it does is it makes you, it makes it easy for the opposition to go, Bro, why is everything race with you? Why is it the race card with you? Everything is the race card with you, right? What is what's going like? And you hear this all the time. And but the, but here's the deal: no matter what the issue is, right? See the seventy percent of the time, what are we going to fall back on? Race, the construct, oh, the construct. And, and let me say this, and I'm gonna I'm end this thing. I'm okay. gonna say this. Okay. Uh, here's the flip side of what you're talking about is when a Magic Johnson or somebody goes up, expires into business, starts making key relationships, 
you know, who Magic, we know Magic Johnson is very committed to our community, but right. I tell you, in Lansing, Michigan, I know from a friend, they don't necessarily feel that way in Lansing, Michigan, right. because of the viewpoint that you and I are talking about now. Right. And so what happens is all other groups have the freedom to expand and diversify as necessary to get their hands on as much resources as possible. We have a because we see it through this lens Bro. of a certain way that it's supposed to happen. And That's if it, it don't, we'll throw somebody who's actually committed to us yes. in the best way that they can. We'll start throwing them under the bus because of this lens. That's a made-up construct from the very beginning. 100%. Welcome back to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show. I'm your host, Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Socrates. This morning's discussion question, is the conscious community too splintered to be effective for the callers out there? If you want to get in, you have to press one. You just heard a cut from my new show. I've been running this year, Just My Three Cents, is a video podcast, on, typically on Wednesday night, as I had one of my platinum level members, um, William Agnew, jumped on. It's the same as this show. You can jump on the video show on Wednesday nights, but you just heard a cut where we were talking about, in a sense, race being a social construct, and I just thought it was appropriate for this conversation as well because I think sometimes that gets lost when we think of the conscious community. Um, Chief X, I'll start with you. Any thoughts in reference to what you just heard? I think it's falling in line with a lot of what you and Sheffern both are talking about from the standpoint of not staying stagnant. But go ahead, King. Uh, let me bring you live again. I know you're still driving. All right, here you go, King. Go ahead. Okay, can you hear me? Yep, you're coming through loud, loud and clear. I took myself off mute, but I'm about to go through some mountains. But okay, we'll see. Um, who was that, by the way? It was a nice uh, that was William, yeah, William Agnew, uh, myself and myself and William Agnew, which is one of my platinum level members. Um, you know, for all those out there, you can support this show and keep us on air by becoming a member at mentaldialogue.com. But he is a platinum level member, William Agnew. So go ahead, King. Yeah, so um, yeah, he was basically saying race is a social construct. And I think he was kind of alluding to people having the same mindset of um, – um, it's kind of like he was saying if you're having the same mindset of a victimhood mindset, would you say he was saying that? Um, I I don't I don't think he would label it that personally, just based on who I know. Um, but it but just but just still being but it's really just being stuck from the preview of viewing everything as race. Some things have nothing to do with race, but you won't know it because that's the only purview you have. So I don't think he would. I don't think he would limit it to that. No, go ahead. Though. But you're 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 fair. It's fair enough for you to give your opinion. But I don't think he would say that. Right. I guess you know. Yeah. So some people are so consumed that you know everything is about race with them when it may not be. You know, like when someone says the whole system is set against you. You know, in this 2022. To me, it, it'll make me feel like, oh, well, I can't do nothing. Anymore. Damn, everything's set against me. It's about the black man and holding my his holding me down. I can't achieve because I'm being held back. So it, it's to me, sometimes I hear a victimhood mentality in what he was saying, although he wasn't saying that. You know, um, um. Just something we need to take a look at and change. And um, 
just um, kind of think bigger. Yeah, and I and I played the clip, and I don't hear Shepard. I want to hear your thoughts. But I, to a degree, I played the clip because again, I think um, the, the, just the purview of race, which again was his focus, is something that is constantly spoke about in the country community. And as I mentioned in the clip, the world is becoming global. So there's a chance of stagnation if that becomes the complete purview, in my opinion. Go ahead, Shepard, your thoughts as well. Shepard, are you still with us? Yeah, I'm still here. Um, no, I, I agree. Um, race is, uh, is definitely an um, uh, uh, issue, and it's something that, you know, as African Americans, well, Americans in general, you know what I mean? We haven't found the balance to navigate through that properly. You know, at, you know, it, it's sad that we haven't figured that out yet. Um, mm-hmm. Especially our community, from us being a minority, um, you know, within our own community, we haven't figured out how to navigate, you know, around race properly. Some have, you know what I mean? Um, you can't say that some have, you know, haven't been able to navigate around it, but for us as a community as a whole, no, that's something we haven't been able to navigate around properly. Um, I think we use it out of context a lot. Um, so it, it is definitely a huge, a huge hindrance, and I'm not saying it's our fault, but at this point we do play a role in it. That's my thought. Now, fair enough. And, and, and I want to be clear here, too, and want to hear both of your thoughts on this. And if you're out there online and want to get in, the number to get in is 646-787-1691. Again, that's 646 646- Seven eight seven one six nine one. I do see some callers out there. You have to press one if you want to speak. Uh, what I'll add to it because I always like to add this clarity. So uh, on the just my three cents podcast again, we talk race, sex, and culture. In highlighting that particular show, race is a social construct. I always like to clarify for people that part of that is just the awareness of the fact that race as we know it today relatively is a made up concept. I put up a post on social media, I think this week or within the last week, that just even further explained to to a degree. For the most part, culture plays a bigger role than race, if you will. If I know what region, the country you are from, then I have more opportunities to make assumptions and guesses about you that will probably be way more accurate than simply the color of your skin. And so a lot of times when I'm highlighting the reality of it being a construct, sometimes because of the lens that we're talking about that people hear – purview from or listen through, they're hearing me as saying that race doesn't matter. No, I'm just highlighting the the, the original scientific idea that the, the way we know race is a social construct. I highlight that to hoping to do what you're talking about, Sheffern, to try to, in a sense, help people better navigate this concept of race because, again, unfortunately, this country was founded on it. So there are real-life consequences based on the perception of race. So I am never saying it doesn't matter. I'm never saying it's not a reality that has to be that has to be considered. However, what you heard in that clip is me challenging the, the, the perspective again that I I personally feel permeates the conscious community to the degree that we miss better solutions sometimes because of that purview. I'll, you know, I mean, I'll just make very clear what I was saying about the Magic Johnson example, like where he's from, for what I've heard, you know, just based on a friend, there's a lot of people who feel that he, in a sense, doesn't, you know, do enough. But again, you could only have that perspective if you've been 
if you have this this romanticized version of what people with money that look like you should be doing for you. You know, I mean, I'll even allude to a little bit of what Chief X said, you know, coming from a victim perspective for that. And so a lot of times we will call out the wealthy and, and, and athletes and movie stars and music stars. Um, Cause in a sense, Saying what they should be doing, like 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 we would be okay with somebody telling us to do what do what, what, something with our own money. We would never be accepting of that. But but because of the perspective of they have a lot of money, you know, there's things they should be doing. And again, that's in my eyes a, a concept of having this idea of blacks should come together. Or the comment that is not true is the, that people will quite often say is that we don't come together. You can only say that if you over um, value that concept of race. Chief X, your thoughts on what I'm saying? Let me bring you back live, King. Hold on one second. Alright. Uh, you're live, King. Go ahead. Montoya, I'm so sorry because um, my GPS is talking to me, so I kind of missed everything you were saying. <laughs> okay, I'm going to let Chef jump in because, you know, you probably can pick it up from him talking about it. Your thoughts on what I just said, Chef? Oh, no, yeah, I, I agree with you 100%. You know what I mean? Um, I, and I knew what you meant um, from the get-go. I was just, you know, saying that that's definitely, you know, an issue that we haven't been able to fully navigate around. Um, and I'm not blaming black people or white people for it. You know, like you said, our country was built on on the construct of race, that social aspect of it, right, uh, of the different stratus of, of the social um, ladder and where people and where people um, fall at on that social ladder. They definitely put us, you know, by us being a minority and by us coming over here the way that we did, we was definitely placed on one of the lowest rungs of that social ladder. You know what I mean? And and that social construct of race, you know, that was a way for them to place us at that bottom, uh, man, just off our physical appearance. Mm-hmm. Right. So, um I, I totally agree with you. And then twenty twenty two and we still haven't been able to navigate around that. I think that goes to both black Americans and white Americans not Absolutely. being able to fully deal with that reality. I, I think both groups, um, whole responsibility for that. Um, white people, for the most part, have more, white America have more responsibility because historically they, you know, had put systems in place to hold us back. Um, so I, I think they, you know, hold more of the responsibility. But if somebody coming to your house um, is trying to break in your house, they're responsible, but you are more responsible uh, because you're supposed to protect your home. So both uh, have a responsibility in the, in the situation of race, but I feel like we have more responsibility because it's us that's affected negatively about by it. So we need to find a solution. We need to push to find a solution more than white people do because our lives are negatively affected by it. Yeah, yeah. I will offer. We're up against, yeah, we're up against the break, um, but I will offer a couple things to what you said. It made me immediately think of. Um, the quote from James Baldwin, um, in a, when you talk about, in a sense, white people's responsibility, when he goes, when he says, I am not a nigger. So you need to figure out, you know, why you need the nigger to exist. 
you know what I mean? And that's obviously a, a paraphrase of, of James Baldwin, if you will. And um, I'll highlight that a part of the solution, that I would agree, is a lot of what Chief X is saying is when you put a, a, a stay, get out of the stagnant place, argue with your family and not going to Thanksgiving dinner and things of that nature for people who are still caught up in that stagnation, if you will. But just at the end of the day, um, you have to play the game that's available to you. So even like you know, even as Chief Ake said, if the mindset is even to change the system, you will still have to get into position to even be able to change the system one day if that's the mindset. And, and, and at the end of the day, um, whatever wherever you live in the world, you still need to play whatever the values are, whatever the system is, play it to the best of your ability to acquire as many resources so that you can have more control, whatever that system is. And I think, again, Without without moving from the stagnation, we risk being a part of a, a better solution or better a, a better solution for ourselves. We're going to go to break. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show. Where all I ask is that you think. LNG Technology Services. We are your industry leader in aircraft and heavy equipment repair services. In commercial business for over 15 years, LNG technicians have over 150 years of equipment-specific knowledge and are known industry-wide for returning worn-out, broken, and overused ground support equipment back to the user in working better than new conditions. For a service job done right at a value unparalleled in the industry, contact LNG Technology Services at 478-781-4860. Again, for a service job done right, that number is 478-781-4860. LNG Technologies is a Mental Dialogue Gold member and proud sponsor of the Mental Dialogue community. I specifically, we refer to people like Mandela, Sabukwe, people like Govan Mbeki. And is it not true that the common factor with these people is that they have advocated violence against the South African government? The common factor with these people is that they have selflessly pushed forward the struggle of the black men. So, your answer to this so-called naked terrorism is to provoke violence in the black community. No, our movement seeks to avoid violence. But your own words call for direct confrontation. That's right. We demand confrontation. Isn't that a demand for violence? Well, you and I are now in confrontation, but I see no violence. But nowhere in these documents do you say that the white government is doing anything good? Well, it does so little good, my lord, that it is not worth commenting on. (laughs) But surely that approach inflames racial hatred and anti-whiteism. My lord, blacks are not unaware of the hardships they endure or what the government is doing to them. We want them to stop accepting these hardships, to confront them. People must not just give in to the hardships of life. They must find a way, even in this environment, to to develop hope. Hope for themselves, hope for this country. Now I think 
that is what black consciousness is all about. Now, without any reference to the white man, to try and build up a sense of our own humanity, our legitimate place in the world. Welcome back to the Method Dialogue Talk Show. I'm your host, Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Socrates. This morning's discussion question is, the conscious community too splinted to be effective, as you hear a cut from Denzel Washington playing Stephen Biko, um, in a sense, in court with the South African government, if you will. And there's a lot that could be deemed, in my opinion, from that cut in reference to, in a sense, what consciousness, if you will, looks like. Um, in this country for us, as Chief X said, as black Americans. So I will challenge the idea of, you know, kind of going to what Chief X said earlier in the show when he says, if you're not going to move, and I applaud those who, and, and have some friends who have successfully moved to other places to face, if you will, less racism in the places they live and they're thriving. So I applaud them. If you're not going to consciously take that step, then, and your reality is that you're going to be here, the reality is, um, as I heard Stephen Biko, the character in that movie, Cry Freedom, say, black consciousness is determining, in a sense, that yourself, without even the thought of white people or other races, if you will, determining that, and he mentions the idea of not accepting the, the, the negative things, I think you got to think about this. This is happening, you know, at the height of apartheid that this movie is being shared. And he's saying way back then not to accept those hardships and we will confront this in order to improve our place in this country and have hope in this country. If you're not leaving, hating the country as a mindset probably doesn't help you thrive in this country, in my opinion. We got an actual um, Brother Pianchi trying to jump in this thing. I'm going to go ahead and let um, Brother Pianchi jump in, then I'm going to go to you, Chief X. How you doing, uh, Brother Pianchi? Go ahead and give us your three cents this morning. Well, I was looking at your title of your show. You got two questions here. And I think that the last part of your question of the two should be addressed first. You say to be effective. Well, what is effective and what would effective look like? And I think when you lay that down on the table, you will see thus why that the splinter exists because you're going to have probably a half dozen or more instances of what effective would look like because they have their own agenda. So, Regardless of that, what do effective look like, if I may ask? Very strong point. Um, very strong point. Um, anything else? I'll let the, I'm going to let the um, guest respond to what you're saying. I just want to make sure I'm letting you get everything out. Um, no, that's a very yeah, good question. Yeah, I think question. that there's a lot right there. No, I agree. I agree. Yes, thank you. Um, Chief X, no, thank you for getting in, um, as always, Brother um, Pianchi. Um, Chief mm-hmm. X, any thoughts to... Um, you know, some of what I was saying as well as um, Brother Piaki's thoughts of what a, what does effective even look like, and the reality is that's going to look different for a lot of people. But um, your thoughts, um, um, G. 
Chief X. Let me see if we can get you back live. I know you're going through the mountains, so let's see if we can still get you um, hear you clearly. All right, you live again, King. Okay. So here's my thing, and here's the reality. Understand what I'm saying. Um, America is for the taking. Meaning, um, let me give you an analogy of Egypt. Egypt was the empire. They had a system set up already that's working fine. No need to change it. You join it. Improve it. And get your forces together and take over. So the Nubians, out of the 3,000-year reign of the Egyptians, the Nubians eventually joined ranks. They joined the system that was already in place, and they took over the system. Egypt was for the taking. America is for the taking the same way. Nubians finally realized, hell, if you can't beat them, join them. And they got into the system. They began to thrive. They, then they had their own language and writing. And then they started building their own pyramids and copied the example that was right there in their face working. America is the greatest country on the planet. It's a government. Everything is regulated. You got the FDA. You got NASA. You got everything in line. You take over the system. It was a documentary on Netflix of a. It was a cult who bought their own land and they incorporated the city. And they started their own city, and it was an incorporated city in America. Which can happen if smart minds get together and get busy and do for self, right? So right now, today, people can incorporate a city. You buy a land and you do the necessary things and you get permits and you have an incorporated city if it's open land, okay? So when I mean take over, just say, hey, we, we have like the, like the Italians did. They had all their kids join the police force. And the mafia was getting over because the police was Italian kids and youngsters. The Irish did the same thing. Mm-hmm. They policed their own neighborhood, looked out for grandma, the mobsters, and whoever else. They joined the system and took over. So just say we stopped talking bad about the blue and had all our kids join the police force. All our neighborhoods are black cops now. Some cities have black mayors, black police chiefs. We've even had a black um, 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 president, a black attorney general, and we take over the system. Start becoming professional, like I said in the beginning. Start becoming professionals and getting credentials 
and getting in positions of power, and America's for the taking, just like ancient Egypt was for the taking for the Nubians, and they ruled for 100 years out of the 3,000 years. Do you hear me, Chef Ron? Do y'all hear me? Yeah, I'm 100% with you because, uh, and, 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 and when I say 100% with you, is 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 at the, and like you said at the end of the day the way America is set up I'm I'm an advocate of us aggregating back and close and near each other so there's no reason we can't do exactly what you said wherever we're together you know it's, it's, it'll be a lot harder if you're if you're in a sense in a location where there's not a lot of African Americans if you will but it's easy to do that if we would aggregate and there's places we're already aggregated but it it would it would take the mindset of Infiltrating and implementing, uh, and, and a lot of people again will, will shoot this down, but they're shooting it down because it's not like we've encouraged it. We haven't sent anybody with a, we haven't, we haven't been sending people in on a conscious level. People now are doing it on the individual level, saying, I'm going to be a policeman to help my community. In the meantime, the whole community doesn't fuck with you. So that's not the same as what Chief X is talking about, which is openly, openly having children go into the area to control the locality, police, as well as professionals, because professionals have access to resources because they bring value to a community, because at the end of the day, value stands more than any anything, regardless of your race, religion, skin color. Uh, if, if you bring value, you could be retarded. I know it's a word people don't use anymore, but if you bring value, somebody's going to do business with you despite the fact that you're retarded. And so it's like once you understand that's the system that we have and you play it to the best of your ability, that's the approach versus some of the stagnation that I think that we've accepted for many of years. We're up against the last break. Jeffrey, I'll get your thoughts coming out of the break. We'll be right back. All I ask is that you think. Have you heard about that podcast, Mental Dialogue? It's so good, it should be illegal. But if you miss the live show every Saturday, 10 a.m. to 12 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on Blog Talk Radio, be sure to catch replays on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Podbean, and all other streaming platforms. We are the return of Intelligent Radio, and we are the best in the world at having hard conversations on race, sex, gender, and business in the African-American community. And remember, all I ask is that you think. Are you intimidated by money? While this is a question most people never think to ask themselves, but when forced to think about it, many people realize they have unrecognized fears that truly affect how they deal with money. If you want to learn more about money and the fears that keep you from prosperity, join us for Making Money Matter Mondays, where money meets mental health with personal finance coach Ashley Thomas and psychotherapist Dr. Katrina Pitts. Every second Monday of the month, find out if you're intimidated by money and what to do about it. To receive a link to this free Zoom event, please DM the Making Money Matter or the Mental Dialogue Instagram pages or contact 404-604-9477. Again, proud to announce the Mental Dialogue Community Club is partnered with Making Money Matters. Uh, CEO Ashley Thomas, also Queen of Intellect member, as we, every second Monday of the month, host a free Zoom um, thanks to our sponsors, where money and mental health meets. 
the opportunity to figure out if you do have fears surrounding prosperity. And again, Ashley is a personal finance coach, so we're giving you the nuts and bolts. And we also have Dr. Katrina Pittman to explore because a lot of times there are habits and things that you're doing or trauma that's related to you that you're not always aware of affecting your money. So very proud to announce that. Also, a reminder, anytime you're listening to this show, I forgot to say it in the first hour, make sure you're sharing. And if you're out there listening, share the link. Let people hear what we're doing every Saturday. This is, in a sense, um, uh, again, we're not just a radio show. This is the Mental Dialogue Community Club. It's where intellectual outcasts come to critically think and have dialogue, but ultimately we're trying to get you connected to others so that you do business with each other, share ideas, and and and, and, and prosper because Chief X has a saying that's similar to one of mine, which is simply, if you don't think right, you can't act right. And so that's what these dialogues are. It's not even for you to agree. You can always call and disagree if you don't like what we're saying now. 646-787-1691. Please bring, it, bring the other perspective. We're, we, we're definitely not trying to um, tell you what to think. We just challenge you on how you're thinking, how you're thinking for yourselves, how you, again, you can find the answers yourselves. And so I think that really relates to this, today's discussion, uh, which is, is the conscious community too splintered to be effective? And Brother Pianchi asked a great question, you know, in a sense, what is effective? And so what you're hearing, myself and, you know, Chief X, you know, I don't know what the guest, if we're going to line up, but today he, though, seems like we're lining up more so than, than, and, than, than being divided, if you will. But when Brother Pianchi asked that question of what is effective, the, the, the divide that I hate to see is, any, in, to a degree, any old consciousness that keeps us from playing the available game to us right now as best we can. Because doing it the best you can, we can have a generation acquire resources, and then maybe they can have the dialogue to take over like what Chief X is talking about, because I do agree. It's for the taking. For the taking for me isn't a not even about if we're controlling the White House. It's just it's easy to control your community with the right consciousness. If you get away from um, basically governing yourselves, wherever you live in the world, you only have say if you govern yourselves no matter what the system is. And so to make the mistake to not be involved in governing yourself locally is a huge mistake, and you can't even begin to do what a Chief X is alluding to. Sheffern, your thoughts um, about what you're hearing right now. Go ahead, King. Yeah, I mean, that's the smartest thing. Um, that, that, that would be um, idiotic the, um, for, for any group not to agree that they need to uh, be in control of the the government and their uh of their community, the politics in their community. It it will be absolutely um I, like you said, people don't use this word no more, but it will be absolutely retarded. You know what I mean, to sit there and tell the people and especially the people that have been um discriminated against with our uh, people of our history, to tell them to, you know, not be a part of the system you know what I mean, uh, would be crazy because, like Keepak said, the system is already in place. You know what I mean? So it's for the taking. You already have a local government in place in our community. You know what I mean? Why not take over? You already have a school system in place. Why not take over it? Why, why stop and build a whole new school system where you've been paying taxes 
into a school system with buildings and, you know, uh, all of the resources already readily available. If you don't like the way it's being um, handled, you know what I mean, then take it over. You know what I mean? If you already have a police force, you know what I mean, um, with a training apparatus and everything already in place, why start a new one? Take over the one that already exists. You know what I mean? So I'm in total agreement with you and Quebec on that topic. You definitely pose to be in control of the government and the politics in your community and education and everything else. Even even the uh, um, the logistics of your community, far as wise, how food is, um, you know, enters your community. I, mm-hmm. I live in a black city, um, so when I look around, I see certain things like when the pandemic happened. There is no black supermarket inside the city of Baltimore that's like almost seventy percent black. Right, so all of our food comes in on uh, in tractor trailers to other people's um, supermarkets. Right, that's controlled by you know the group that we claim that we're against or, or that is against us. So anytime they want to cut off food, you know what I mean? We basically at their mercy. Even the gas, you know what I mean? Uh, if we have a gas shortage, there's no black. Uh, gas stations. There's no black, uh, you know, um, gas companies that that can supply our neighborhoods. So we're in a bad situation. We definitely need to, you know, start controlling these things. That's my point. I don't want to talk too long. No, no, you know, I respect it, and I'll even say this. And so what happens is when you, in a sense, have zero control, that goes back to just a little small example um, that I mentioned earlier. It, that's where you could create strategic alliances. Like when I sit back and watch uh, a Chief X move, and I watched his brother elevate, or you know, via social media for what I know, and I've met the brother a couple, you know, a couple of times as well in person. Uh, but um, in his movement, in his business world, he creates strategic alliance. I, I see him quite often, if you will, try to, you know, he has people that are very close to him that look just like him. But in elevating his business to where it needed to go, he made strategic alliances. So yeah, we might not have a gas company today, but uh, we definitely can, uh, you know, have someone that we, in a sense, um, send off to get educated and how that works to the degree that, that the relationships are made to where, uh, you know, if there was a shortage, uh, supplies not even necessarily cut off, even if it is relying on an Exxon, if you will, but with the right strategic alliance, you good. And that's the type of approach that has to be taken like the Nubians took to, in a sense, create their 100-year reign. Again, I think that's exactly what Chief is saying. Chief X is saying, I just like highlighting and dialoguing the nuance of what some of that may look like because I'm propping it up against what we've constantly heard, in my opinion, throughout the country's community. And it's not that I'm knocking that because it has served a role. And as, as Chief X and Kalanji said and as Oshu said, especially prior to the Internet, there have been some very effective things that have come. So I don't want anybody to hear what I'm saying as if I'm against the conscious community. I am asking to elevate the thought above and beyond the racial construct that was handed to us. And, again, it is a real-life issue, so I'm not saying to dismiss it, but it is time to think about what that looks like and how we how we move. Um, Chief X, go ahead and jump back in, King. Let me get you back live. Go ahead, brother. Chief, 
Chief X, are you still there? I know the brother's driving, so he may not. He may be muted out. But can you hear me? Can you hear me? Can you hear me? Yeah, we can hear you now. Go ahead. Can you hear me? Yep, you're live. Oh, you can't hear me now. Yeah, we can hear you. We can hear you. Go ahead. You're live. Oh, okay, cool. Um, the show's over in five minutes. Is this like um? Yeah, we got five minutes. Yep. So it's like my last words. <laughs> for the most part, yep. Get laid down for us, King. Okay, so yeah, it's been a great show, and I lo- I love the topic. Um, I love that you know, three four people can get on here and not argue and just discuss ideas and ideologies and how we see the world and how we may want the world to be and how we can make it in progress in the world. Basically, you know, um, this is a fruitful conversation, and it gives you no know, food for thought. I enjoy sharing food for thought, and, you know, basically it that is the only way. The only way, like, you know, Nation of Islam talks about building a nation. I mean, you know, at least you got to start off with a block. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> uh, um, <laughs> you know, right. you got to start right. small. You know what I mean? Dr. Umar Johnson should have started with, uh, with a small school and then built it up to have a big school. So you, we have to get busy, and, like, sometimes I tell people, if you don't know, like, the Nation of Islam, when they had that do-for-self philosophy, that is a current-day conservative philosophy, do-for-self. Pick up your bootstraps and get busy and make it happen for your community and your block, and let's start a nation in the community, you know what I mean? I agree I agree with all that, and I think we need to start adopting some conservative ideas because sometimes I think, like sometimes, I, let me just, last thing. Like, for example, my daughter was on welfare. She could not thrive. She could not ever get her own apartment on welfare because there's no apartments in Los Angeles that you can pay $600 a month for. That's all you get for welfare. She had to get off of welfare and get a full-time job in order to get her a one-bedroom apartment, and I had to tell her that, and we fell out behind it. Now she has her own apartment and a full-time job in off the county, and she can thrive. You get what I'm saying? No, I respect it. I respect it, brother. Um, yeah, I'm not. Yeah, yeah. I'm letting you give your final thoughts. Uh, we got about a minute and a half, so um, if you will. Let them know how they can follow you. I want to go to Chef Run so they can find out how to follow him on Chef Killer. But let them know how they can follow you, Chief Thank you for coming on today this morning. Thank you for coming on this morning, King. No problem. As long all you got to do is Google or put in a search bar, Chief X, and I'm a pop-up. I'm a Facebooker and a YouTuber. Uh, my, my Instagram is only a business Instagram. And it's Hemp Life 7. Hemp Life with a Y 7. I love and it. Thank you, for ha- thank you for having me. No, thanks. So, thank you very much. Sheffron, how they can follow you on Pseudo Killer King. Thank you for coming on this morning. I know you're in the barbershop doing your thing, so I appreciate you for taking the time while you're working. No doubt. No doubt. Um, I appreciate the show. It was a good show. Always enjoying the show. Matter of fact, Montoya, I think you need to do some moderating over there on the Pseudo Killer Force. 
you know what I mean? You know, I like to conversation forward. Yeah, you know, I like definitely. Um, uh, Uncle Tech want to do a debate, so I'm definitely putting my hat in for you to be the moderator. Uh, since yes. you are, um, you're, you're a fan partial to both sides, so I, I definitely um, um, want, want to bring you in perfect. on that for you to uh, perfect. Be, be our moderator. Um, yeah, sounds good. Yeah, I saw y'all uh, set that up the other night. I watched the show, so I saw that. But how can they follow you on Pseudo Killers real quick, brother, so we can get out of here? Oh, YouTube Pseudo Killers. That's uh, P-S-E-U-D-O um, Killers. That's K-I-L-L-A-S. Subscribe to the Pseudo Killers. Um, and we do damn near the same thing that Montoya do, but with a little bit more aggression. So come on over there, <laughs> no, and, and that's where you can see me at. <laughs> nah, sounds good. Yeah, Thank y'all, y'all. No, absolutely. See y'all next Saturday. All I ask is that you think.